Thanks for tuning in. This is episode number 192. Thank you for taking the time to join me on this episode. So today I want to share a few thoughts, point out uh, some verses um, in the book of Daniel. Uh, This has been a place that I have been hanging out for um, the better part of maybe a week now, uh, making some observations, and uh, I'm in the process of writing a little regarding this topic. Um, I haven't quite arrived at it, but I feel like for this episode, um, I just want to put some some thoughts out. I don't necessarily have answers. Um, and and if, um, if you've noticed a, a recent trend in, in this regard of m- me mostly posing questions, Rather than giving answers, um, if that uh, perhaps frustrates you, maybe, or um, you find yourself in a maybe worse place than before I posed the question, I do apologize. Um, I hope that my intention is that by by being willing to ask you the questions, or at the very least, the questions that I have that it would put you on a journey of exploration in maybe pique your curiosity to navigate uh, the Word, to navigate in prayer, uh, to, to uh, appeal to the Lord to answer said question or uh, situational context. So... Um, I appreciate your patience as we just talk through some of this, and um, I appreciate what God has given me by way of answers and clarity in in areas and topics of Scripture. But um, just as uh, equally, I need to appreciate when He poses to me the questions. And I get to wrestle with navigating what those answers look like or what they could look like. Or maybe I'm nowhere near answers to a question, but simply having an awareness of the question and being open to coming to a a revelation that may not be something that I've held to my whole life. Uh, something God has done in me in the past years is um, He's really uh, challenged me on my paradigms. And so I'm thankful for those opportunities, um, not for the sake of deconstructing all of my paradigms so that I can build something new that I've never seen before. It's to It's because I appreciate the truth of what he brings. Now, my conclusions that I come to now in this day that I'm in, um, this is all relative uh, or relevant to you as well listening, but the conclusions that I come to now and at this point in my life, it doesn't necessarily 
mean that those conclusions are true, are correct. Um, likewise, the conclusions, uh, considerations that I've had before, they don't. It doesn't mean that those are true and correct. And so we must rely on God to direct us by His Spirit, and in doing that, we can partner with Him to navigate the the truth of who He is, which is uh, infinite, like an infinite ocean to explore and discover. So... Today we are posing some questions to think about or to notice in Scripture, specifically as it relates to this episode in the book of Daniel. Um, And so uh, we'll just jump in. So thank you for doing that uh, with me. So we're starting—I'm just starting in Daniel chapter 9. There's some things that uh, I want to notice or point out in a couple chapters. Um, Contextually— in Daniel 9, uh, we find Daniel praying, and it was in the first year of Darius, son of Xerxes, uh, who was made ruler over the Babylonian kingdom. Um, so we find Daniel here in prayer. Now, you, if you've navigated your way through Daniel uh, for any time, you you may s- s- notice uh, our, our friend Daniel here is often in prayer. And we would, we would do well to to learn of his example. And if you are familiar with some of the encounters that Daniel has, um, you will notice that the pretty substantial encounters. I mean, um, some you know angelic visitations, uh, revelation, different things that we uh, many of us uh, have never have never. Uh, experienced uh, some may have um, but uh, to to any follower of Jesus you know it, it it may spur you reading of these experiences that Daniel has it may spur you to a um, a, a kind of a righteous jealousy so to speak like I I would I would like to uh, experience some of these things that our friend Daniel has experienced, but but a, a continuous thread that runs throughout Daniel and the writing is a is a consistency in the place of prayer. Um, this is something that we should uh, mimic, and really can only there. I say this kind of gingerly, but can only be uh, executed from the place of grace, um, God's grace extended to us to be faithful in prayer. Um, that's not to say that there's not an element of, of discipline uh, in, in the, as we had sp- spoken of in previous episode, you know, in, this, in the mundane, um, but um, there's something to be discovered inside this uh, consistency we find Daniel in in prayer. And so he is praying and um, he begins to um, understand some scripture that was given to Jeremiah the prophet um, as it relates to the desolation of Jerusalem that would last 70 years. So 
he turns to God here, Daniel, and pleads with him in prayer, uh, petition, and fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. So this is like a, a very humbling, um, mourning, uh, petitioning of God. And he goes through this, we won't read it, but he goes through this, you know, um, eloquent, beautiful prayer of um, of asking God. But I want to, just as I was preparing to begin this recording, I was kind of scanning through to see where I would like to start. And this this particular part of the prayer jumped out at me. And I find it to be intriguing to think on. Again, this is something to think on. Um, so it says at the beginning, Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant with those who love him and keep his commandments. We have sinned and done wrong. <clears throat> that is intriguing in itself because when we think about what Daniel just said, he says he identifies Lord, the great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and keep his commandments. Now, when I scanned that, I found myself kind of hung up on that part. God who keeps his command or keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and keep his commandments. Now, if you are a um a believer, if you are a follower of Jesus, one who who has given your whole self to the leadership of Jesus, um you should be the first to 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 acknowledge that we are bad at keeping his commandments. And in fact, um, if you can say, I keep his commandments, then you're deceived. Um, there is, I would hope, a desire for you to keep his commandments. But as we have learned through from all the way from Adam and Eve to our present day, but even more specifically um, through the Old Testament and to up to the cross of Christ, we should be able to notice humanity's inability to keep God's commandments. We are... Um, we are a fallen nature. Um, we are we are unable to perfectly keep his commandments. But our inability does not lessen um, God's keeping of his covenant of love. Now, <clears throat> I'm not I'm not I'm not trying to discredit what we're what Daniel is saying and I'm definitely not trying to uh, discount or find fault in what we read in scripture but it's a question that we should ask um is 
is this a is this a statement that we should consider i'm not saying to discount it i'm saying perhaps this is something we should think on what is um what is daniel saying maybe what is he meaning and what can we take from it or how can we process what it is that he that is being said here god is um god is great and awesome and but does he not also keep his covenant of love despite those who fail to keep his commandments that's that's the very essence of jesus coming in a covenant of love to give of himself in spite of our inability to keep his commandments. So uh, just think on that. Um, so he he continues on in his very um, you know eloquent and beautiful prayer, uh, honesty before God. And it says um, around in verse, 20, uh, that while uh, I, Daniel, was speaking and praying, confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel, making my request to the Lord my God for his holy hill, while I was still in prayer, Gabriel, the man I had seen in the earlier vision, came to me in swift flight about the time of the evening sacrifice. Uh, Skipping down to verse 23, as soon as you began to pray, this is now Gabriel uh, speaking, as soon as you began to pray, a word went out which I have come to tell you, for you are highly esteemed, or your Bible may say highly loved, or it may say highly favored. Therefore, consider the word and understand the vision. So, understand the word and the vision. So, there's there's kind of a twofold thing happening here, and you will see this in other chapters where Gabriel um, and others will say will re, will mention a word and the, and a vision. So, it's very like it's very possible we'll say that Daniel is both hearing something. And seeing something happen. Now, this could perhaps be in um, in his own within his own thoughts, as though he's seeing something through his eyes. But it also could maybe be that he is he kind of has a third uh, point, like a uh, a disconnected point of view, as though maybe he's seeing from from behind, and he's seeing all these things transpire. Uh, even observing himself, so um, you know, not that it's necessarily important that we consider that, but I think it's um, interesting to keep both options open. Maybe he's seeing it internally, but maybe he's also seeing it externally to himself, and even seeing himself in what is happening. Uh, so that's a possibility. Um, so Gabriel goes on to explain to him uh, what the, the meaning of um, of what is to happen um, but uh, very and not just that but very controversial portion I've actually taught on before 
and I, as a part of my uh, one of my most recent books, Understanding Biblical End Times, where we have, I think, um, kind of hijacked what this means in context of our own uh, kind of uh, dispensational uh, evangelical bend. And so if you haven't um, explored the previous episodes where I ex- talk through that, um, I've even read the um, the book that I've written. And so check those out if you haven't, but um, he goes through that there. Um, the next thing I want to kind of round off this discussion with is um, ver- in chapter 10. And again, there's some kind of ingrained thinking that I've had, that I've been taught, and I just want to touch on that and give you some thoughts to consider. So in Daniel 10, this is during the third year of Cyrus, so some time has passed, and a revelation was given to Daniel. And this says in verse 2, At that time I, Daniel, mourned for three weeks. I ate no choice food, no meat or wine, touched my lips. I used no lotions at all until the three weeks were over. So Daniel is fasting this three-week thing. We see this uh, kind of – we often call it the Daniel fast. Um, But on the 24th day of the first month – As I was standing on the bank of the great river, the Tigris, I looked up, and there before me was a man dressed in linen. Pay close attention to this description. Um, uh, Paying attention to the description, and if you're familiar with with the book of Revelation at all, think of also our description that we get of Christ in the book of Revelation as well. I looked up, and there before me was a man dressed in linen with a belt of fine gold from uh, from up, uh, Uphaz around his waist. His body was like topaz, his face like lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze, and his voice like the sound of a multitude." I, Daniel, was the only one who saw the vision. Those who were with me did not see it, but such terror overwhelmed them that they fled and hid themselves. So I was left alone, gazing at this great vision. I had no strength left. My face turned deathly pale, and I was helpless. Then I heard him speaking, and as I listened to him, I fell into a deep sleep, my face to the ground." Just something kind of interesting to think about here, and this is maybe just for fun. As I mentioned, perhaps Daniel saw this from kind of a third-person point of view, uh, kind of like a an eagle's view of, of the situation unfolding, even seeing himself. How could it be that um, Daniel, if seeing through his own eyes, saw that his face turned deathly pale? How can you see your own face if you're looking out of your face? Um, maybe we, maybe we've never thought about that. So that could maybe support this idea of Daniel seeing from a, like a third person point of view um, down upon himself and the situation that was unfolding uh, there. Um, however, um, so he falls into this deep sleep, his face to the ground, and he says, "It says a hand touched me." 
and set me trembling on my hands and knees. He said, that would be this um, man who we just described, he said, Daniel, you are highly esteemed, your Bible may say loved or favored, um, you, you are you are highly esteemed. Consider carefully the words I am about to speak to you. Um, depending on translation, I find it interesting that that's said caref- uh, carefully. Consider carefully the words I am. And we think of we think of um, of those that specific phrase I am. And and it relates as it relates to the identity of of the, of the God of heaven uh, over heaven and earth. That I'm about to speak to you and stand up, for I have now been sent to you. And when he had said this to me, I stood up trembling. Then he continued, "Do not be afraid." That sounds familiar, doesn't it? Do not be afraid. Now. You know, you you may be already asking the question: well, Are you saying, are you saying this is Jesus? Is this an angel? Um, and I guess I don't have a necessarily a definitive answer. Um, a case could be made for it being an angel. Angels say, you know, peace be with you, or do not be afraid. Um, it is it is clear in Scripture that angels refuse to let someone worship them. Um, and uh, one of um, one of the through maybe uh, the Old Testament, maybe uh, New Testament as well, um, we see an instance where uh, one you know bows down before this angelic visitor, and they tell them, "Don't do that." So there are some things that we could uh, perhaps identify. If if we see them in Scripture to say, okay, that is definitely an angel um, because Jesus doesn't um, restrict people from from worshiping him. Um, he acknowledges and receives that that right worship of himself. Um, so just kind of pointing some of these things out here. So he says, do not be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come in response to them. Okay, so context, again, remembering that Daniel was fasting. Um, He was fasting for three weeks, so 21 days, and at some point in time... um, It um, it says in verse four on the twenty fourth day of the first month, um, he at that time I Daniel mourned for three weeks. I ate no choice food, no meat or wine touched my lips, and I used no lotions at all until the three weeks were over. So this would suggest to us that Daniel has completed his twenty one day fast, and then perhaps. Not for sure, but perhaps that was 21 days, and now this is on the 24th day of the first month. So maybe um, first 21 days completed, now we're on day 24. So what's that three days after? 
the completion of the 21 day fast, perhaps. Um, that's also kind of unique. You know, we, the three days, uh, piece is pretty intriguing, uh, in scripturally, but, um, nonetheless, it sounds as though this fast is completed and then this thing happens to him. And that kind of feeds into part of what I want to say to give you something to think on as it relates to what we've always, what some of us maybe have always thought to be the case or true. Um, so he, he said this, this, um, this man dressed in linen who has a pretty extraordinary uh, resemblance to to Jesus, who is described in the book of Revelation. Um, this um, this brilliance, uh, li- his face like lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze, and his voice like the sound of a multitude. Now, I I I looked in. In the New Testament, and we see in uh, some of the Gospels, there are accounts of when the when some angels showed up after the the resurrection, and they you know they're in these white linen clothes, and um, they they sh- have I think it said faces that shone like lightning, so they were brilliant looking. Um, so there is some. And those were specifically named angels, or an angel of the Lord, which has some um, some some undertones of kind of a, a a old covenantal pre-incarnate Jesus. Um, so there's there's definitely controversy in identifying as an angel of the Lord, uh, kind of a pre-incarnate Christ um, who hasn't materialized in the body of Christ. But um, or is an angel of the Lord simply just an angel sent by the Lord? Um, cases can be made for both, and it doesn't necessarily have to mean that each angel of the Lord is either an angel or Jesus. It could be um, that both could be true, um, and it's just a reference to a messenger of the Lord. But reading on... It says, once since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard, and I have come in response to them. Now that's uh, pretty intense um, and encouraging. Since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding. So... Immediately, when you set your mind to it, to gain understanding, to humble yourself before God, your words were heard. And this is, this is encouraging because um, when we set our face to seek God, in that moment, our words, our actions are heard and are seen. And... Um, and this, we'll call him man, this visitor, has come in response to them. So God responds to those things that you say to him. So we'll just call it simply prayer. 
God responds to prayer. And and he acknowledges the things that we say. It doesn't mean the things that come out of our mouth in prayer are right, but it it does show that God responded to Daniel. Now, here is where it gets a little bit tricky to navigate in terms of trying to identify this man who visits him as Jesus. And and this is really the um the main point of why I've always thought and heard that this is not Christ. Verse 13. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. So um, you may find different words used um, instead of detained or um, uh, resisted. You may see the word withstood or opposed, um, depending on the translation. And it's it is honestly hard to na- to 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 understand how could that be Jesus? No, you know, any uh, Satan himself is not on the same. Um, he's not an a direct oppos- um, opposite to Christ. At, at best, at best, Satan is a direct opposite to Michael. Um, but to say that to to pit the very God himself, the antithesis of God is not Satan. He is a created being and therefore um, subject and inferior to God in every way. That is God the Father, the Son, or the Spirit. And so we can't we can't even imagine this idea that um, some satanic being, whether it was Satan himself or or even more likely, uh, just kind of a principality or uh, a demonic um, minion, uh, fallen angel perhaps, to Satan was withstanding or with you know uh, opposing this uh, heavenly man. If it was Christ, how could that even be? I always picture in my mind when I've thought on this or heard it is this you know, warfare type of encounter, you know, swords clashing and clanging and this, you know, military type of encounter. Well, is that necessarily the case? And is it necessary if the word is used as to with, to with, um, he was withstood it says, but the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me or withstood me 21 days, opposed him for 21 days. Um, it's not like it has to be this idea of a wrestling match that they continue to lock arms and try to outmuscle one another for 21 days. I mean, we see in the book of Revelation that ultimately the ultimate end of Satan is accomplished by just a word that comes from the mouth of Christ. He is defeated 
with just a word. So, you know, this to think that Satan is wrestling uh, Jesus Christ and providing some kind of uh, difficulty to uh, to him would be ludicrous. Um, but what if our picture of that scene, of that 21-day scene, is is completely misses the mark? What if it's not even – what if it's not about warfare at all? What if it's not a battle of clanking swords and you know shields and armor? What if it's just you know Jesus said um, he's come to destroy uh, the works of the enemy and and Satan seeks to steal, kill, and destroy. What if it was something completely different than what we picture and it was for 21 days and less again, Let's just uh, assume cautiously that this is Christ that we're speaking of because of the description of him, because of uh, Daniel's uh, ability to fall down on his face, uh, because of the impact that this one has upon the very life of Daniel. His face goes pale. Uh, his weakness, his life is almost taken from him um, because of the, the glory and splendor. Uh, let's, so let's assume cautiously that this is actually Jesus. Well, what if the 21 days of opposition was simply Christ um, moving about the earth, especially as it relates to this Persian kingdom, maybe, um, and this pre-incarnate Christ is actually um, moving about the earth to to destroy the works of the devil, and and the, and Satan and his principalities are opposing the work and trying um, to to undo and to strengthen the the clutch that they have, the clasp that they have on those that they influence. What if it's not of of necessity a warfare, but what if it's an influence that they have created and Jesus is going about the earth uh, tearing down strongholds and and building and um, and discipling, if you will, um, the those of the faith, bringing those to uh, an awareness of, of um, the presence and superiority of God. Um, so what if the picture of that is completely different than what we think? I think it is. And I don't think that with being withstood or opposed or is some in some way this they were prevented in the sense of two equals coming together and clashing and there's like this stalemate i don't think that's what that says or what it means i think it's um i do think that this is an a is a pre-embodied christ who is going about seeking to destroy the works of the enemy and that enemy going about opposing that work. 
you see there's only one Jesus and there's only one Satan. And there's a, a number, a, a limited number of fallen angels um, if if they are indeed going about um, doing the work of their father, the devil. So there's not a infinite number of resources in this opposition to good and evil. So I think that is kind of the idea that I want to to leave you with, the question to re-maybe frame or re-paradigm the way we think about that. Um, not just that, but especially in more of your type charismatic circles, there's this idea of contending in prayer. And I've heard it said many, many times, what if Daniel had stopped early in his pursuit to understand and fast and humble himself before the Lord? Um, you know, this breakthrough didn't wouldn't have come um, if he had given up early, that his prayer in some way kind of bolstered the the um, effect that or even maybe success that this angelic realm had um I, so i think i think that's a dangerous thing to think i, I don't say that um prayer fasting intercession is not necessary it is necessary we see it in scripture but I think that maybe that type of thinking overvalues yourself and what you bring to the table. I think the safer um, paradigm is that you – can you have an impact? Yes. But um, God's ability in the midst of, of your um, attempts to um, – Seek God in whatever that looks like. Um, I think we we overvalue ourselves and we undervalue God. And so I would caution us to try to not get pulled into that thinking that you know it was because Daniel was faithful in his twenty one day fast to accomplish this kind of bolstering up of this angelic person. Um, and their victory in in this heavenly realm, caution you to have that thinking. I would caution you against it. Um, but it says this this resistance is felt, and then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help him because I was detained or withstood there with the king of Persia. Now I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people. In the future, for the vision concerns a time yet to come. So, I guess this is that's what I'll, that's where I'll leave it. Um, this is just something that I've been kind of stuck in thinking on. Who is this? Who is this man that Daniel sees? And have we failed to recognize the true identity of that man? Because when we get to a certain part in Scripture, we can't um, we can't get it to harmonize with our understanding of how could that be? Um, you know, how could if it is Jesus, how could he be withstood or opposed for a period of time as though there's some sort of stalemate? 
Well, my hope in this is that maybe you'll see this from a different lens and see, well, maybe it's not this stalemate tug of war, but rather a outworking of um, building building the kingdom and destroying the works of the enemy. So um, seeing it through that lens, I think, helps us to harmonize um, how to, what I believe, more rightly determine who this man is based on his description and uh, the parallels with other scripture and the effect that this one has on Daniel. So some just some things to consider there. Um, I wouldn't... Um, you know, uh, I wouldn't necessarily write it in as a doctrine, which I don't really like that word so much anyways. Um, but, um, just something to consider as you are studying and seeking the Lord to understand things. Um, I hope that it's a blessing to you. Um, I'm thankful for all of you who continue to listen, uh, support this, um, podcast channel. I pray that it's a blessing that God multiplies it, um, across the the, the whole of the world, um, that people come to a saving uh, faith, a, a knowledge of the goodness of God uh, through Jesus Christ by way of the Holy Spirit, and um, that those hearing this, um, even years after the fact, um, would be so greatly impacted by God's love and His grace, uh, His goodness and mercy, and by the Word, the, the living Word of God, that we would be transformed and brought into a new saving knowledge of his love and perfect grace. So I bless you and thank you. We'll see you next time. If it means I'm close to you, I would trade a million lifetimes for